I'm doing something a little bit different with the episode today. Now, if you follow along in real time with my recent podcast and branding relaunch, you know all about the launch party. So I hosted a full week of giveaways and a pop-up party Facebook group where I did an Ask Me Anything live hot seat coaching call. There were some really awesome questions that were asked leading up to that and even during the live itself. But what I noticed is that there was a lot of overlap where so many of you were asking either the same or similar questions. And so I thought it would be really fun to bring those hot seat questions over to the podcast to share with you here because I think there were a lot of really great takeaways. So let's get into it and let's chat. Hey friend, quick question for you. Are you feeling stuck with how to get your brand to stand out on FAIR? I'm asking you because as a buyer myself, I can tell you that there are just so many brands out there vying for the attention of these buyers, but I know that your brand has something so special and it needs to be seen. I put together a private podcast for you that goes deeper into what buyers are really looking for on the FAIR platform and how you can stand out from the crowd to grow your wholesale business and really land those dream buyers. So if this resonates with you, head to the link in the show notes for instant access. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to the Buyer Side Chat podcast, where I take you inside the mindset of a buyer to help you scale your product business profitably. I'm your host, Kristen Fisher, and I'm really happy that you are here spending some time with me today. So I should just say this. I think it's pretty obvious, but all of the podcast interviews that I do with guests that I bring onto the show are obviously recorded well in advance. Sometimes there are a few weeks in advance. Sometimes there are a few months, all depending on our schedules. But when I'm doing these solo episodes, I really still want to keep them real time. So they're really in the moment and you know i can talk about what's going on in my own business what's happening in the economy or in the retail industry common themes that i'm seeing with my coaching clients or things like that we're talking about in the dms i want to be able to bring that real time to the podcast because i think that that's kind of the magic of this and what i find to be really fun and the most authentic way that i can present myself and so I'm still going to honor that. And this episode today is really real time. So I'm recording this the week after my podcast relaunch. So two weeks ago, when you're listening to this, two weeks ago, I hosted the party inside the Facebook group and on Instagram. And it was so much freaking fun. Like, so I will say when I launched the podcast the first time, so Q4 last year, 2022, I decided I wanted to do this podcast for fun. And I just unscripted, unedited, came on here and talked into a microphone as an experiment. And it was so much fun. And I made so many awesome friends and connections through that. And I decided to bring it back again in the spring. So I brought it back in the spring and I did like a quick kind of down and dirty Canva rebrand. And I was like, here I am. I'm doing it again. Listen to my episode. And that was awesome, but it never really felt the way I wanted to present it and all of that. So I talk about this on the last episode. I don't need to rehash it. But the reason I'm saying this is that the most fun thing for me is having this podcast be just kind of like an honest chat conversation. 
And when I did the rebrand this past round, which is the final rebrand, I'm not going to keep doing it. Don't worry. I'm here to stay and I'm not going to keep changing it on you. But when I went into this rebrand, I really wanted to do it properly and have some fun with it. And it was a lot of fun. So first things first, the Facebook group that I created for the rebrand for the party is going to stick around because I had a lot of fun with it. And I think that you guys had fun with it. Those of you that joined me inside it, I'm going to keep it up. I have a lot of really fun ideas for things that I can do with that group over the coming months, particularly in Q4, when I think things are going to be, you know, the normal chaos. And we all just kind of crave that connection and support. And I just want an honest, you know, supportive community that we can all just ask each other questions and help each other through the quarter. And I'm going to do some live coaching inside there and more to come on that. But if you missed out on it and you still want to get in on it, it's going to be open. So it's rebranding. So it was just the relaunch party, but now it's going to be the buyer side club. So the link will be in the show notes for you if you want to join, or you can find it on my Instagram or DM me and I can add you however you want to find it, but definitely come hang out with me inside there. The thing that I want to talk about today is in that group, I did this hot seat coaching call and I collected DMs from you the weeks leading up to the launch and the week of the launch, just saying, hey, what do you want me to answer? And there were so many of you that had really common questions or feelings. And they also overlap with things that I'm working with my one-on-one coaching clients on. And I thought that it would just be awesome to kind of summarize them into a few ask me anything questions or topics that I'm going to bring here. So they're a little bit, they don't necessarily all go together because they're just themes and questions. So I'm going to go into the first one that I'm really passionate about. And this is mindset going into Q4. And a lot of you, there were different ways that this question was framed up, but the general summary of it is I feel burnt out right now in September. And I'm concerned that I'm going to have a really hard time come November. And like, what are some tips or what are your other clients seeing? Or what are you hearing from other people about how they're feeling right now? And can we talk about how to power through? So that's what I am going to kick off this kind of ask me anything question, because at the end of the day, I want to encourage you to pause and give yourself some grace. Give yourself grace because if you're a maker, you've been hustling for months leading up to your holiday launch and then you launched it probably for, if you're on fair, for the fair summer market and you've been reaching out to buyers and you know, your, your holiday collection has been live and you've been hustling and pushing it for a few months. If you're a retailer, you're you were getting through summer, you've gotten through your markdowns and your sales, and now you're working on, okay, how much money do I have to spend on holiday? And you're trying to make smart financial decisions and investments in your holiday collection and getting all the marketing aligned. And we're all just really deep in it. And I want to first say, we're at the beginning of the chaos. So we're at the very beginning stages of that. And you first want to give yourself some grace and say, okay, I am doing a lot of things. I'm wearing a lot of hats. And I need to be proud of myself for how much I have accomplished and how much I've done. Like really take a look at how much you've accomplished in the last few months to give yourself context for why you're feeling that burnout already and why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. 
But the second thing, this is a little bit of a tough love thing, but I do this with myself a lot. And it's honestly, I think served me really well. So I want you to give yourself grace. And then I want you to hold yourself accountable. So hold yourself accountable as a business owner for the state of your business and for the state of the chaos. And the reason I'm saying hold yourself accountable is because oftentimes we are in control of the chaos and we allow it to overtake ourselves. So when I say that, I mean, we set our own deadlines, we set our own deliverables, we hold ourselves to really high standards. And I think that that is just completely normal. If you are crazy enough to go into business for yourself, that means you have high standards for yourself. And that's a great thing. That's a great quality and attribute to have. But at a certain point, as you're continuing to see growth in your business and reach those next levels of success, you sometimes forget that you haven't changed your process, you haven't changed the way you do things or the way you approach your business, and you're still operating and treating your business like a baby business or like a hobby. And when you stop and think about it that way and you say, okay, let me shift this and let me look at what I've been doing now that's creating more chaos and what have I done to kind of go off the rails a little bit with deadlines or deliverables and not challenged myself to invest in my business or to invest in some support. You know, you want to start to think about, okay, as that CEO, as the business owner, I am in charge of this. We set our own boundaries. So what I would say, the first thing to do that I recommend, and I do this for myself, I've been doing this for myself, is to check in with yourself. So first off, make time for yourself. When you're in those hustle phases, you still need to bake in some downtime and some rest and self-care and recovery. And that might not mean the same thing for everybody, something that might look different for all of us. But what does that look like for you? And how can you actually put that on your calendar so that you actually create the space to do that? It's really important to be doing that right now because once you start to implement those best practices for self-care in the stages of your of your calendar or your schedule when you're not as busy as you're about to be because right now it's September and it's about to get even busier creating those best practices now will hold you hold you accountable to actually continue that through holiday whenever things do get crazier so make time for yourself set boundaries for yourself on the hours that you're working. If you have to work late for a couple of days, that happens. Like launch week for me, I was working until 10, 11, I hate to even say this, but 1 a.m., one of the days. And I haven't done that in a long time. And I had a really hard conversation with myself at the end of that week because while I was doing what I love, I was also burning myself out. And I'm like, okay, this is something has got to change. But I knew, okay, I'm just going to... I'm going to power through this, but I'm going to make changes afterwards and really set some boundaries. And the way I'm setting some boundaries and kind of that next stage is to A, take a look at what you can stop doing. So I guess you could break that down into two things. What can you stop doing right now that you never have to do again? That's just like busy work that maybe you had to do whenever your business was a baby business and now you've outgrown it. Sometimes we hold on to those tasks that we don't necessarily need to continue doing. The second thing would be, what are you doing as the CEO, as the business owner that somebody else should be doing for you? 
That's, I think, the really big thing that we are resistant to sometimes where you outgrow tasks and you're still doing it. So like you're doing a $15 an hour task when you should be doing the $100 or $500 or $1,000 an hour tasks. Like what are the things in your business that nobody else can do? Truly nobody else can do. Like the concepts and the designs, like that needs to be you because that's you are the creator in your business. But when it comes to the execution or ordering supplies or, you know, fill in the blanks of all the million tasks you do, what can come off your plate entirely? That is going to really set you up for success in Q4 if you can do that right now. And I think a lot of us have heard, you know, invest in your business before you're ready and blah, blah, blah. And yes, there is truth to that. Yes, you do need to, you know, invest before you're ready. But I don't think that you should invest before you're financially ready. So I want to make sure that I'm being really clear about that. Don't overextend yourself financially, but oftentimes you're probably more ready to invest in your business and support in your business far before you realize (laughs) that you're ready. Like you're ready before you even think you can be. There's a book that I referenced on the live. It's The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I'll link it out in the show notes too. If you haven't listened or listened to it or read it yet, I would highly recommend it. It's such a fantastic mind opener about the blocker that we are in our own business. So either it's our business or our life, but the whole concept of we are the roadblock oftentimes, you know, you can kind of cap yourself from success and moving forward because you set boundaries and you say, oh no, I I start to feel this growth and I need to hold myself in this safe space. And sometimes that safe space is doing those $15 an hour tasks. Those are the things that you want to start evaluating. So I'd recommend that book if you're looking for something as kind of a resource um, to help you. And then I'll also say, okay, as you're preparing to go for, you know, into this Q4 season, look ahead at what you know is coming and what could be coming. And then I'd encourage you to think back to last year and remember how you felt last year and try to avoid that. Because I guarantee you, you have some moments last year where maybe you cried. (laughs) I know I did, where things didn't feel good, where things felt really uncomfortable, where you wish that you had some more help in your business. And you might be feeling like, I don't know if I'm going to need that help this year. But chances are the last couple of years you've needed that help and you waited till it was too late and then you couldn't get the help and it was chaotic in season. So start to take the way you're feeling right now, shift the perspective, take accountability and start to implement some changes so that you are set up for success in Q4. Okay, I talked a lot about that. I also talked a long long time about that in the um, Facebook Live because I'm super passionate about it. So I'm gonna move on to the next one. So a lot of questions came in around Q4 sales planning and product forecasting for Q4 specifically. So if you've been around for a while, you know I did the pop-up podcast Q4 last year that I referenced at the top of this episode. I would definitely encourage that you grab those episodes. I'm gonna have a lot of links in the show notes for this episode, but I will drop the link in the show notes for the first 13 episodes that I did. I removed them from the public feed because they're more private, they're more raw, they're very real time. And I literally walk through exactly how I 
prepared myself and what I did in season in Q4 last year. And there are some episodes around sales planning in there that go more in depth in this. So I'm going to touch on it here, but I'm going to reference that resource because I think that you'll find a lot of um, good nuggets in there around product forecasting and Q4 sales planning. But what I will say just in total is to take a look at your business in totality to figure out your top line number. And when I say top line number, I mean, in total, how much do you think you're going to do in sales this Q4 versus last Q4? The simplest way to break that down is to first start at this year, that's this year versus last year and say, okay, based on how I'm trending year to date, I'm going to apply that same percentage to Q4. This is not taking into any consideration of new product categories you've launched, new wholesale accounts that you've brought in. This is just truly apples to apples. Let's just say, it's actually not apples to apples. Let's just take a look at how you're trending this year and apply that as a blank percentage. So year to date, let's say you are up 5% to last year. Apply that to Q4. And now you have a good starting point. So the next layer of this is to start thinking about some of the new products, the new categories that you've introduced into your business this year. So your line might have this whole new category that you didn't even have in Q4 last year that might account for X percent of growth over the year before. You don't want to just say, oh, okay, I added in 75 new cards, so I'm going to be up make up a number percentage to last year because by adding more SKUs, that does not mean your business is going to entirely increase. I think everybody listening to this probably knows adding more products can sometimes hurt you. I talk a lot about (laughs) that if you've been listening for a while. So you want to think about, okay, if I'm going to bring in this new collection or I've brought in this new collection, that means that I might be up let's say it's 5% or 10% more than what I was just if I'm looking at the trend year to date over last year, because I am adding new SKUs and they are different than the rest of my collection. If they are just additive SKUs, I would probably be very conservative with your increase um, because you don't want to just assume that everyone's going to be buying more because you have more choices right? So start there. Start with just that, okay, I'm trending year to date this way. Then I layered in, this is how my collection looks differently from last year. You want to put that in there and and tweak it there. Then the third part of this is look at, okay, what, what giveaways or collaborations or promotions or PR, fill in the blank, what other things am I doing that is different from last year? or a repeat of last year, if you're running the same promo, then that would probably be already accounted for. But if you know you have this awesome giveaway that is a collaboration with other brands, or you're being featured in fill in the blank on the blog, the magazine, the podcast, you name it, your local media, (laughs) put that in there because that's going to be a really nice bump organically to your sales. Or if you implemented a new affiliate program, that would that would boost your sales. On the flip side, if last year you had a really great media feature and you're not anniversarying that yet, I would assume unless you can find another way to supplement that, either it's another big feature or you supplement it with something else that's going to drive that volume, replace that volume, then maybe plan yourself down or pull some of that percentage out so that you're 
not expecting to do the same sales with less publicity. Okay, hopefully that makes sense. When you're looking at an actual product line, if you have a new product coming in, you want to apply these same types of rules. But one thing you could do is you could take a look at a like item that you've sold previously. So let's say you're bringing in a new bestseller that you did not have in Q4 last year. What are some attributes of that product that have sold well for you in the past? And take a look at how that's performed. And then you can take a look at what type of units you sold and apply your Q4 increase because there's always an increase in Q4. So let's say um, over your spring collection, you always have a really nice bump in the spring season, which a lot of businesses do. Let's say you had a really great spring line and did really well for you and you had a product that was similar to this new one and it did X number of units, apply maybe, I don't know, a conservative increase, let's say 5-10%. I'm going to just keep using that same conservative increase. Apply that to that sales number that you had in spring of this year. And that will give you maybe roughly what you could sell in Q4 this year. These are all very loose numbers, directional, but just to kind of get your wheels turning about how much you could sell of that product. I think the reason that this question came up a few times is they were makers that were looking to figure out how much inventory to have prepared. So whenever you are doing this, I think it's really good to have what you think your total forecast could be and then break out your production cycle so that you're preparing inventory in advance of the season, but you know those key marker dates when you need to make that product again to backfill so that you're not just making a ton up front and you're making it on an as-need basis. This obviously is only if you're able to control the manufacturing yourself and you're doing it either in your studio, in your house, in your warehouse, or you can print kind of, you know, on-demand, produce on-demand really quickly with a fast turnaround. If you're producing overseas, that's a whole different story and you probably already have your inventory. This is more geared towards people that are able to impact it. On the flip side, if you are a retailer with a brick and mortar or an e-commerce boutique, you can apply this same type of thought process, but reserve your budget for your open to buy. So buy your initial opening order, leave some money in the kitty so that you can chase back into those items if they perform well for you. Before you do that, before you take that risk, make sure you're talking to those brands and saying, hey, what's your lead time? What's your turnaround time? When's the last time, last date that I need to place an order in order to get back in stock for you know, before Black Friday or before your Christmas cutoff date for shipping. Okay. So that's kind of a general Q4 product forecasting sales planning conversation. But I think it's important to talk through that because it takes practice and repetition to really get that down. But the more that you do it, the more accurate you become, the more flexible you become with your dollars and you become more profitable as a result of that. So I encourage you to think that way going into this Q4. Even if you don't have it perfectly figured out, you'll start to train your brain to think about that way versus just emotionally purchasing and producing. Okay. One of the other conversations, I'm going to move on to the third ask me anything common theme. And that was kind of the state of wholesale right now. So I had a couple of makers chime in on this and just kind of, I would say there was a little bit of defeat in the conversation around, hey, I was really thinking that my wholesale performance was going to be killer right now for holiday, but it's a little more quiet than I realized. So in some of those conversations that I had with them, 
because I had some private conversations and I also talked about this on the live. In the private conversations, I think the big thing to just remember is take a look at how well you did for your fair summer market. Because if you had a really awesome performance for the fair summer market, that might mean your buyers aren't ready to reorder yet. So there's going to be a longer reorder window. I know for me, for example, I placed a couple of orders early and I had not even put them up on the site yet. I just knew that I wanted that promo and that that brand sells out quickly and that oftentimes, because I was burned before, they don't make more. And I just wanted to make sure I got how much I needed. So I ordered, you know, 100 units of this one certain item that I know I probably won't be able to get back into. And I'm glad I did because they're sold out. Um, so that could be happening, but I don't even, I haven't even sold a unit yet. I'm just holding the stock, which isn't the smartest thing to do always, but I've had six holiday seasons. So I kind of know now what I need. So I think it's smart for the state that I'm in in my business. <laughs> I'll just give that caveat. But overall, I think a lot of buyers or a lot of brands, I should say, had a better fair summer market. And that's going to impact these initial holiday sales. So typically, if you see a a really big influx at the end of August, early September, it might be a little bit delayed this year. I also think there are still, you know, there's still some uncertainty with the economy. Remember this time last year, the media wouldn't shut the hell up about the recession we were in. All you heard was, we're approaching a recession. We don't know what's coming, but blah, 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 blah. Eggs were a million dollars a carton. It was completely doom and gloom on the media. And I'm not saying the media is not still doom and gloom, but those conversations, whether you believe it or not, really do impact how you spend your money either personally or in your own business. And so I think a lot of buyers last year were really hesitant. This year, I think there's less hesitancy. However, there could be some concern around what holiday is going to look like because they know what they came off of last year and they don't want to get burned. So I think my prediction is that you'll probably get an influx of orders in October. So I think what's going to happen is some brands are going to really hold out and wait until the last possible minute to spend their money once they have their budget really finalized. So they might be ordering smaller upfront and then chasing into big orders later. So the more you can do as a brand to communicate to your, your retailers and say, Hey, um, you know, these are the dates where you have to order by in order to secure holiday delivery. Really give them the information that they need so that they feel they can trust when they buy from you, that they know when they can get back in stock. So anything you can do from a communication standpoint, I think will really do wonders for you with having brands come back and reorder from you in season. So I'm saying here, don't panic. I would wait a few more weeks before you feel any panic. I think like by the end of October, that might be a better picture of what your holiday season could look like. So hopefully that helps give some guidance there. And the last one that was very common and is always common is buyer outreach. What are buyers looking for? How can I stand out to buyers? How can I grow unfair? How can I improve my direct outreach? Like what makes... What makes a buyer get really excited about a brand? I mean, these are the common questions that I get asked all the time. And I love this question so much because I feel like it's just so easy for me to talk about because I've experienced it with so many different brands 
corporate level and my own independent level. And now as I'm mentoring and coaching other product business owners, I see what they're looking for. So I love this question. (laughs) I'm going to first say, you heard it at the top of the episode where I was talking about the fair private podcast that I pulled together that really digs into what buyers are looking for. And I did this because it's such a common question that I just wanted to give a resource for you to go and listen to. And I'm going to update it. I promise you, I'm going to go back in. And if I think of something new or I'm learning some new things or hearing something, I will go back in and add new episodes. But for right now, I've compiled my best tips into that. And I'd encourage you to just download that and get access to those episodes and start listening in because it is, it's really, I think, an all-encompassing answer. What I will say just as kind of the one single tip to give you right now is authenticity and really building authentic relationships with the brands that you are interested in and don't put all of your eggs in one basket. So don't only focus on fair. Don't only focus on direct. You need to be showing up in multiple places and having a really strong emphasis on how you can have your brand, your own personality shine through in that communication. Because a copy and paste email template, I'm telling you, is not the answer, my friends. You can tell the second you get one of those. Sometimes they are really good and there are great resources out there. But a lot of times I'm like, this is just, I don't know, it's the same old email I'm getting from everybody. It doesn't tell me anything about your brand's personality. So thinking about where your buyers are showing up, how you can build those authentic relationships with them and really connect with them, not just sending a cold DM after you've liked two of their reels. That's just not the answer. So I'm going to leave you with that because I feel like that's one of the biggest tips, but I really would encourage you to check out the private podcast feed because I mean, I think it's full of great tips. Okay. So we've talked about mindset and I really talked about going into the Q4 season, how to really avoid burnout by implementing some things right now in your business to help you set yourself up for success and feeling really good, right? Because the better we feel, the better our business is. I promise you, your mindset plays such a huge role in your success. We talked about Q4 sales and product planning and forecasting. Talked about the state of wholesale right now. We talked about buyer outreach. I didn't talk about paying yourself. That was a really big question that a lot of people asked, but I've run out of time. So the pop-up group is now a permanent group, the buyer side club. If you want to come hang out, I will be in there all Q4, live coaching, other fun things coming. You can get access to the replay from the hot seat coaching that I did. And I talked a lot about how to pay yourself, how much to pay yourself, when to know if you're ready, what percentage, all those things. So there's more tips in there. But yeah, this is a lot of fun. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you absolutely crush your sales this week. And I will be back in your earbuds next week with a really awesome guest episode. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. If you are loving the show, I would be so beyond grateful if you would rate and review the podcast and share it with one of your biz besties to help spread the word. I hope that you absolutely crush your sales this week. I'll be back to chat with you next Monday.